Today's podcast is brought to you by the good folks over at Lander. Based in Montreal, Canada, Lander is the world's first intelligent drag-and-drop instant mastering service by Mixed Genius. Uh, so look, just for being a listener to today's podcast, uh, we're going to give you a free trial. All you got to do is go to Lander.com. That's L-A-N-D-R.com slash promo slash S-O-D-D. You go there, you're going to get a free trial, two free MP3s of your master. Uh, check out the service. Let me know what you think. And uh, once you do... Uh, tweet us at Straight Out the Den and, and tweet Lander and let us know how you um, enjoy the service. We'll love to hear from you. So this week's episode um, of the Straight Out the Den podcast, um, we had a special guest, um, a legend in the game. If you if you've been around, um, if you've done any type of history, or if, as he would say, if you if you Googled him, um, you would know uh, the, the legendary uh, things that he's done. Um, not only for hip hop, but just um, just sustaining um, in this game. So we 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 had uh, Daddy O. Uh, on this week's podcast, man, he, he gave us some great insight on, on a bunch of things. Um, he, he has an album that he's working um, and, and pushing right now called Everybody But KRS. And so we get into that and, and, and allow him to um, explain the meaning behind that title and uh, why he feels that he's the best um, in the game, better than everybody in, in his um, his. I guess you want to say like age group or, or his his era, excuse me, um, but KRS. Um, so uh, some dope insight there and, and his reason behind it was, you know, he shared a couple of stories there. Um, but more specifically, you know, we went over um, the artist development stage of thing. Um, he, he, he talked about his art artist development coaching um, business that he has and and gave us some great insight and I thought that it'll be a great conversation to have with you guys this week. Um, and, you know, just talking about really today's topic is reinventing artist development. Uh, now so for some people, um, artist development may be a term that's foreign to you. You know, you may have never heard that or even understand that concept. And for, for others, you know, people that's pretty much been in the game for, I, I would say, at least for 10 plus years, um, know the great significance of artist development and, and you know, the lack thereof and, and uh, why things are completely different now. So um, we, we've talked plenty of times on this podcast about, uh, you know, the advancement of the technology and it allowed things to, you know, open up. There there are no ceilings now at this, this point. You know, you can pretty much reach anybody in the world at any given time. All you got to do is just tweet a link or, you know, put a post on Instagram. But, um, you know, at the same time, those there's no filter now. You know, there used to be a filtering process where you may have 300 people that wanted to be a rapper or, or you know, wanted to be an artist. And out of that 300, you had gatekeepers that pretty much, you know, determined whether or not they're going to get their shot and get in the door. And then once they got in the door, they had some other gatekeepers there that, that filtered them out. And ultimately, you got to the, the truly talented artists. And, you know, you didn't have a lot of, um, your, your, you know, your your fads and, and your trendy artists. You, you had people that had the real talent and. And really, you had the people that really wanted to be artists. You know, you didn't have a lot of people that jumped in this game solely to make money. Uh, there are a lot of people that really cared about the craft and the art. So, um, you know, of course, all of that changed uh, with, with technology. And, and, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but that's just what we're going to talk about today. But this whole reinventing um, artist development. Now, for those that may not know what artist development is, um, it is simple as you know, having a plan early on saying that you want to be a rapper um, or you want to be an artist 
And before stepping in, into a studio, you're, you're practicing and you're rehearsing. So, you know, all of those things were a part of an artist development. If, you, if you're a singer, you know, you took vocal coaching and, you know, learn how to dance and, 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 you know, choreography and, you know, styling and all of those things. All of those things were in place before you even really went into the studio. Um, and so that, you know, that changed because everything now is kind of a microwave type mentality where you can literally buy your equipment and you know within the hour you're creating a song and literally within you know two hours you probably put a you know a decent mix on it um and you're uploading it to your soundcloud audio mac or whatever you upload your music to and it's it's out for the world to consume um and you know like i said that's that's great that you actually don't have to wait on anybody anymore but uh through that whole process of not having to wait a lot of trash is just bad i'm just gonna call it what it is you know and and you know you have a lot of artists that you know they don't necessarily last long in this game because of um they didn't have a solid foundation to begin with so this whole reinventing the the artist development wheel um, is really more so about just showing how you can, you know, um, apply just a few small things um, in, in your early start of your career just to really build more of a solid foundation. So the the number one thing that I would say is you have to have some type of identity as an artist, you know, um, there's this thing where you, you, you just don't want to sound like everybody else. You don't want to, you know, people shouldn't see you and automatically think of somebody else. Now, of course, those comparisons will come. That's just how people do. Um, if they don't know you, they have to compare you to somebody so they can, uh, figure out if they like you or not. But I shouldn't look at you and say, Oh man, you your future, you know, or you're Andre three thousand, or whatever the case may be. Like there, there has to be some type of uh, distinct uh, differences, you know. Um, so you want to develop a sound and develop an identity, you know. Uh, figure out exactly who you are uh, before you go any further. You know, you know you want to do the music, you know you can create, but find that voice and, and you know your identity um, where you want to go. Uh, the second thing that I would say is that you you have to have uh, a solid team around you um for this art artist development to really take place you don't need any yes men around you um because that's just going to make for poor artist development you're going to end up with a yes man around you and they're just going to say oh yeah this is great this is great uh you should do this yeah 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 and so on and so forth and you get it. it's a lot of yeses and and you, you won't hear that many no's um, the, the problem with getting so many yeses is that you don't know when you make a mistake, um, because everybody around you is saying yes. They they don't want to hurt you. They they want to see you progress, but they don't realize that by se telling you yes to everything, you're really setting that artist back. So, uh, get the yes man out of your circle, you know. Um, and once you do that, you, you're able to kind of figure out if you're if you're moving in the right way um in a sense so you know those are just that's that's two things right there you know develop uh, an identity and number two just get rid of the the yes man out of your corner so you can kind of know where you're going uh with this whole music thing and making sure that you're actually um moving in the right direction so number three um and, and number three in, in my book is very important if you're a singer you need vocal coaching. If you're a rapper, you need to figure out how to actually perform and talk on a mic. Um, there are so many 
you you've heard me say on this podcast before how important the live show is, right? So, um if you don't know how to perform and project your voice the correct way on the microphone, uh that's just you're messing up. You you're you're putting yourself way behind the competition. Um if you're on stage and and I can't hear you, all of those things are so important to artist development and and to becoming a great artist that that is missed, you know. Um, you kind of figure out that stuff along the way as opposed to figuring that out first, building that solid foundation first and then moving forward. So, you know, develop that identity, get the yes man out of your circle, um, learn how to perform and, and clearly articulate yourself on the mic and figure out how to, you know, how do you need to breathe and breath control and things of that nature. There's so many things that kind of go into that mic conversation, but um, just for the sake of time, I want you to just really focus on, how to use that mic properly, how to project your voice uh, through that mic to get the best recording um, if you're in the studio recording and how to get the best performance if you're on stage performing. Um, the mic and breath control, all of those things are so important. There, I'll use somebody as a perfect example, right? I'm a huge fan of Kanye West, but if you go back and listen to Kanye West's uh, first album, College Dropout, there are a lot of places where Kanye really didn't know how to control his breathing, you know, um, he didn't have great breath control. He's worked on that tremendously now, and you can hear the difference. But if you go and listen to College Dropout album, there's a lot of places where you can hear that he was having a hard time, you know, with, with his breathing and, and some words were going in and out. And, and you know, just some, a couple of things they just didn't didn't really match up for him, you know. Um, and I mean, he made it work. It, it definitely, you know, got better as time went on. But we're just talking about early on. So those are some things that he he jumped in the game as a producer. And of course, he always, um, you know, was rapping, but he didn't have that time to really, you know, get that that done. He, he had to learn how to do that. Even his performances, everything. If you just go back and watch early Kanye footage, you'll see what I'm talking about. And this is no shot at him. This is just me speaking the truth. Um, and just to let you know that you're not alone, you know, um, don't think just because you're in your early stages of your career that um, major artists didn't have to deal with the same stuff that you're dealing with. So all of those things are very important. And once again, you're, you're definitely not alone. So, um, that's just something for you to focus on. Um, the other thing with artist development is I would say you, you have to get, you have to be open to criticism. If you're not open to criticism, artist development is, <laughs> you're not going to be developed. You know, it, it's just simple as that. You, you have to be open to hearing what people have to say about you. And, you know, and, and you can also decipher what's for you and what's not for you. You know, um, people can give you advice all the time, but it, it's not saying that you have to take it like uh, we have this podcast every every week. Um, I, I hope that I'm being helpful for you guys and the feedback that you're giving me telling me that, you know, we are. But, you know, if it's something that I say that you don't necessarily agree with, then, hey, I, that's cool. It's not for everybody. You know what I mean? You can easily write that off and say, well, this doesn't, you know, this is not for me. So I'm just going to leave this out. The other stuff was cool, but this part right here, this may not be for me. So um, that's that's cool. I'm open to criticism at all times. That's why I tell you guys to always let me know what we're doing right or wrong so we can correct it and make it better. Um but I say all that to say that you have to be open to the criticism so you can you can improve. You know, if you're somebody that, you know, every time you perform, you're you know, you know, you're holding the mic, the ball of the mic and you're covering the mic and nobody can hear you. And, and 
everybody around you is telling you the same thing, you're not making those adjustments, then guess what? You're going to have a bad show and it's going to show over and over every time you hit that stage. Everybody's going to say it. You know, that's just the truth. So you got to make those corrections and you got to know when to take that criticism and use it to the best of your, you know, your to benefit you. Um, and so that's really the, those are the only four things I have for you. You know, there's so much stuff um, that that me and Daddy O spoke about. Um, and he not only went over artist development coaching, he really just talked about technology as well and how the technology component um, is really, you know, great for your business and how to to adjust your 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 business model to include technology um all over in every different aspect so uh just remember once again i go over the, the four uh you got to develop an identity number one um you, you know figure out what you want to do what you want to sound like all of those things are important if you if you hit those uh first uh number two get the yes man out of your your uh corner you got to get those people out early. Um, if, if not, you're really going to be in trouble five or 10 years down the line. If you still have those same yes, men telling you yes to everything. I mean, your corner number, number three, your the mic usage, you know, you, you got to know how to use that microphone, whether you're using that as performing, um, or if you're using it, um, on stage, um, or recording, you, you got to know how to properly use a mic. You know, you got to know how to speak into that mic. You got to know that the mic doesn't lie. Um, what comes into that mic will come out of that mic. So you got to know how to properly um, project, you know, how, how to hold a mic. All of those things were important. Um, and number four is just be open to criticism. You know, like I said, these are just some small tools. It's definitely not everything. Um, there's so much more uh, that you can learn um, from artist development. Um, but those are just some small, I think, just kind of to to open your eyes to, to artist development and, and how to zone in on, um, you know, moving forward. You know, you, you got to be open to those things. And if you're not open to them, then, you know, you're going to be stuck. And that's just the truth. Um, so, yeah, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and get right into the interview with uh, Daddy O. Like I said, we, we spoke with him for about um, a little under an hour, maybe 40 minutes or so. Um and it was a great conversation. He he had a, a lot of gems in here. And it's just a wealth of knowledge. This guy's been in the game since like 1980-something, like, you know, 85 or something. I mean, there, there's over 20 years, you know what I mean, in the game. And so my thing is, if anybody's been in the game that long, man, like, you, you got to listen to what they're saying. You know what I mean? And, and soak in the knowledge, you know? It, just just do your Google. That's that's what he's going to tell you if you ever meet him. He's going to tell you to make sure you Google him. So, you know, do that. But uh, check out the interview with Daddy O. Let us know what you think. Um, by all means, man, you're listening to the Straight Out the Damn podcast. So uh, we'll love to hear from you. Uh, I've given out my number on this program a couple of times. Um, I'm not going to do it again. I, I've been getting a lot of phone calls and random messages. Um, and you guys... Uh, just text me, text me if you want to ask questions, you know, you don't have to, um, it is me that the number I gave you, it is my number. I'm not gonna, um, joke around with you. I wouldn't give out anybody else's number. So, you know, when you text me, yes, it is Jay Good straight out the den. And I'm not trying to be vain or anything like that. I'm just being honest with you. You guys can text me and ask me questions. It's, it's okay. Um, but yeah, I had somebody do some crazy stuff, but we won't go into that. But cool. Um, that's what happens when you give out, give out your number on the podcast. So um, 
Definitely, though, uh, feel free to send me those questions. Um, if it's something that we can cover, we'll definitely try to cover it on the podcast. Um, but hey, you know, that's that's why we're here. We're here for you. So uh, here, here's the interview with Daddy O. Sit back and relax and listen. Hey, what's going on, people? It's Jay Good at StraightOutTheDen.com. Um, on the line today, man, we have a, a, a legend in the game. And, and really, before we uh, go any further, I just want to let him know that I did Google you. I know I, I've saw the interviews, man, and, and I know you like to get people. So I did Google. I made sure I Googled you first before I did anything else. I was like, man, he's not going to get me on, on the Google thing. But, uh, you know, a legend in the game, man. And, and, you know, he's been around for years and he has a wealth of knowledge and um, so much knowledge that I, that it was important to have him on the podcast to share uh, his, his information. So help me welcome the homie Daddy O, man. How you doing, bro? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. Pleasure to be here, bro. Cool, cool, cool. Definitely. So, you know, um, for those like myself, man, I was born in 84, right? So I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I didn't grow up with your music. You know, I had to go back and, and listen to it and get an understanding of who you are and, you know, your importance of the game. Um, and for those that don't know, uh, first off, do your Googles. But um, second off is uh, Stesasonic, um, you know, group from... I mean, the, the history is on and on, you know, um, and, and I definitely don't want you to spend so much time there. But just for the listeners that, you know, don't know about your history, if you could just give them a brief introduction of who you are and the legacy that you've lived um, and, and with this hip hop game. Well, I started I started rapping in 79, um, put together the group about 1982. Uh, and, um, you know, we started off at, we started off actually as a three man MC group called Sonic three MCs, and then we pretty much evolved from there. Um, in about 1984, right around 84, uh, Mr. Magic, God bless his dad, who was like a big hip hop DJ um, at that time, um, had a citywide uh, rap contest, mm-hmm. and we entered and we won. And um, basically, you know, we won all three prizes. We won first, second, and third prize. Dope. Uh, the first prize was actually a, a record deal with Sugar Hill Records, which when we went up to Sugar Hill and we saw the contract, it was just horrible. So we ended up going with Tommy Boy um, because they had Planet Rock. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so like, well, at least they know what, or at least they know what hip hop is. And so, uh, you know, they was band that decided put together this concept of doing a hip hop band, and mostly um, because. When we went into the studio, we had you know these drum machines, and we take the you know take the take the you know the, the the drums and you know some of the other elements into the studio, and you know we were very very concerned that when we performed that we weren't going to be able to duplicate it, and so we said you know let's just become a band, so whatever we do in the studio, we could just do it on stage as well, and yeah. um. That's what we did, um, you know, evolved out of that, put out the first album in um, 85 called On Fire, um, and kind of sub- subsequent to that, uh, did a did a really big single with um, Nelson Mandela called Africa, uh, which is um, probably one of, the, one of the only rap records that was anti-apartheid at that time. There were some big anti-apartheid records then, but there was no... Rat records, and we did this big, mm-hmm. you know, and did a big reception for Nelson Mandela, um, and then um, ended up, you know, and then did one of the, you know, on that album was one of the classic things of Ghost Steps, which you know people love to this day. And then in 1988, we did the, uh, which is ended up being our biggest album, 
uh, we did the Info Gear album, and that you know, record had that record had Talk on Our Jazz and, and Sally on it. Yeah. Um, and then in 1990, around 91, we did Blood, Sweat, No Tears, which is our last record. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So cool, man. You know, like, so we're looking at 30 plus years in the game, right? And and you definitely, we all know that the average rapper, you know, you're if you're lucky, you, you may get, you know, five years out of, out of this, this game, right? So to, to be here for 30 years, you've obviously done something right. And I know that um, the reason for your call mainly, you're promoting a new project. Um, that's coming out, everybody but KRS. And, you know, I've, I've seen right. interviews where, you you know, you're calling out all the OGs in the game and your peers and telling them, like, hey, none of y'all can make a better rap, rap album than I can right now. And um, I had a chance, you right. know, to, to preview the album, um, and, and I see mm-hmm. where you're coming from and the music that you're doing, and, you, you know, you're still holding your own, you know. Um, Right. One thing that I saw very interesting in an interview that you had was you you uh you separated um artists, right? You had one that you, you had one side that was I believe it was like Melly Mel's side where you were kinda like, you know, punctual right. and how your uh-huh. rhymes were and then the other side was um I forgot who you compared it to, but it was just like it was Kumo D. Kumo D. Kumo D. Gotcha. And and you know right. and then you have like your, your middle, which was I think you compared Kendrick um Lamar to that. Um being that right. way, like, how much of that, that comparison, how you, you, you put the music in those separate categories, how much of that did you use to really stay relevant um, in a game where we know it's so up and down and, you know, you're here today and gone tomorrow? Well, you know, it's interesting because when you start, um, when you start to, I, 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 you know, I was thinking when you first started to ask the question, and, and one of the things I say is this, man, this, this is kind of true. I don't really think. You know, I I I, I, I kind of give myself a little bit of credit, but I don't really think I'm doing anything so great. I just think that they're not like you know, um, um. There's no reason that people shouldn't be able to continue. Mm. You know, unless unless they allow, and you know, I I use this as a terminology. I don't even like using it, but I will unless. They allow the powers that be to control them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because musicians are supposed to be musicians regardless to what we do. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, you know, with us, man, you know, just on on a music tip, it's just supposed to be about the music. Yeah, yeah. And, I like, agree. we ain't really thinking about nothing but making the music. So we may make some music and it might end up being, like, you know, multi-platinum music and all that. And then we might make some music that, you know, only our families like. Mm-hmm. But it shouldn't never stop us from making the music. You know, what ends up happening with a lot of people is that, and this is, you know, I mean, it's a shameless plug, but it's true. Uh, I started a, a, a artist development clinic, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I started the art dev clinic was because I, you know, I have this, thing where I said a dropout rate has, has gone up. Because when I was when I was when I first started doing this thing or when you know or during the time I'm doing this in the beginning, I never seen cats give up. And I always use two examples, right? People have heard me use these examples before. I I, I use Flavor Flavor as an example and I mm-hmm. use Freedom Williams as an example. Because Flavor was doing a bunch of stuff before he ends up being, you know, ultimately the hype man for Republican, yeah. right? But he's trying to rap. Slave plays every instrument. He's trying to be in band. Slave can actually sing. 
He's trying to sing. He's trying to MC. He's trying to host things. I mean, he's doing all of this stuff, man. He's trying to do all of this stuff just to get on. You know, anything and everything. He's trying to do anything and everything just to get on. And then Freedom Williams, who's also my man, Freedom been trying to do a lot of things over and over and over and over himself, you know, until um, those guys, Dave Morales and them, took a chance with him on the CNC Music Factory record. And then they end up doing, you know, huge records with that. But before that, Freedom was trying to be the kind of rapper you know, he ended up on these house records, but he was trying to be the same kind of rapper as the rest of us were. Mm-hmm. You know, the point of the matter is that I used to watch Freedom in studios, you know, try to be an assistant engineer, try to do this, try to do that. Like, he just never stopped. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's tons of stories. Those are my two stories that I like to tell. Yeah. But he just never stopped. Slave just never stopped. You know what I mean? And I noticed that as of late, especially in the last 10 years, so to speak, I just see this dropout rate on some heavy duty. You know, I see a guy, I meet a guy, you know, he's doing music, you know, trying to pull this thing together. I see the guy two years later, man, what's going on, man? Oh, man, I ain't doing music no more. You know, and it bothers me because, you know, who knows? Maybe that guy was never supposed to be doing music. But the point of the matter is that I don't really think I'm doing anything special in particular. I think I lost my, I think I lost my way. Mm-hmm. Which is why it's been 22 years between this and my and my and my last solo record. I think I kind of lost my way because I think I even got caught up into why should I do it? Now I've been rhyming. I, I you know, I got man. I still got a ton of stuff that's probably never gonna come out mm-hmm. that I just made for myself. Gotcha. So I'm still gonna always rhyme. But then I got to this point where I was just like not thinking about doing anything for anybody else to hear outside of my inner circle. And then, you know, a few years ago when I started writing again, um, you know, just that kind of writing again, I, you know, I, I realized that I just, I, I was wrong about that. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like, I'm in the middle of, like, making three more albums right now. Oh, dope. dope. Like, I feel like I recorded the record of my life yesterday. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was in the studio yesterday, I did this record, this record is bananas. You know what I mean? It's not even on the present album, but I'm already starting, like, I'm I'm writing through I got an album ready to go, probably maybe January, February, mm-hmm. and then I'm writing three albums at one time. I'm like writing three albums right now. So it, it sounds like you having you know, fun again. You know what I mean? Like like the music is coming to you. Oh, whenever yeah, you can yeah. do it like that, yeah. You know, it, and I should have never stopped. That's my yeah. point. Is I should have never stopped. I you got know what you. I'm saying? And and that's my and that's kind of my advice to everybody else. It's like if you're doing this because you know that you know that you know that you're a great musician, great MC rapper, you know what I'm saying, great, great, great musician in terms of instrumentation, great singer, um, even DJ, you know, I, I put DJs right in there with everybody else. You know, there's no reason for you to stop, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you, if, if, if you're basing what you do on opportunity, it's kind of sad. You know, and, and a couple you of know, the things kind of, that you said, I, I think one um, a lot of people are jumping in just for the opportunity and, and for the money. And, you know, there's no love in the game right. anymore because, like you said, if it's something right. that you love and you're passionate about, nothing is going to stop you. You're just going to find another way to make it happen. You know what I mean? So, um, Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. The other thing you mentioned, though, was having the artist development coaching. And, and you know, this, this podcast is specifically for artists, you know, in the early stages of their career that need that guidance. You know what I mean? And, and what better way to right. get that guidance than somebody that has established himself um, a, as an artist and been in the game for the time that you've been? You know, with this artist development coaching, um, what 
besides what you said as far as persistence and keep going, what what's that other guidance that you can kind of give? Because, like, just be honest, right? Artist development is pretty much dead. You know, there's not many artists that's developing. Right. Labels are signing artists that are pretty much already have their packaging together. They just want to put a stamp on it. So, you know, this, right, this right, artist no. development yeah, stage. Right. Yeah, so so how how is important is it for you to like really get an artist and, and see something that they have and and a spark in them is like you know what let's fine tune this and and help move it forward. Well, well, so 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 here's where I came over. So so the site is artdevclinic.com, dot com, and um right now it's sign up. Um, you know, because I'm you know part of what I'm doing also is evaluating. Um, that that situation, right? So mm-hmm. even going back to years ago when I used to do panels and stuff, and I used to do some of that kind of critique on panels of a few people I know. Um, even Kevin Shine, I know Kevin Shine for like years from Chicago, and Shine, you know, he 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 put together a little program in Chicago some years ago. That's when I'm that's I, that's when I first met Kanye and all of those guys. Um, um, you know, but what we do, you know, we will critique, you know, people and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very, um, I'm very realistic. I, I'll put it that way. I don't want to call myself harsh. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, it may come off as harsh to some people, but I'm very realistic. So, so the first thing and the reason com is set up the way that it is, is because, you know, I want to find out whether or not I think it's even worth, um, not only worth my time, but also worth your time. Right. Gotcha. So I, I think that that's very mutual. Um, you know, some people can, you know, you want to be involved. If you're not that talented, um, you know, it doesn't mean that talented can't be developed. But a lot of people are born with talent, and that's just a true thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you might want to consider, if you're not that good, you might want to consider, you know, going to school for law and being a music attorney or, or some of the other things that would involve you in the business, but you don't necessarily have to be an artist. Um what I found is this, and the reason I call it what I call it is because I've been doing artist development for years. So I've been developing artists for Motown and, you know, even putting together bands. Like I've done some things for MTV, with, you know, with Pharrell and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, for Rip the Runway and all of those particular things. So, you know, I, I know how to shape it and mold it. I know how to grab, you know, you know, somebody calls me up and they get ready to do a TV show or whatever. I know how to put together, you know, the right set. You know, what do you need, you know? Oh, I need four pieces. Can't do no more than five because it's not that much. I know how to put together, you know, the right set, the right budget, right? Because, I mean, that's really part of it, what I do is that. Because, you know, if you can't afford, say, for instance, one of my best friends is, is Billy Spaceman Patterson, who's, you know, renowned guitar player, play with Miles and all that. If you can't afford space, then I got to find somebody that you can't afford that could get the job done. Gotcha. You know? So, you know, those particular things. But I've been doing arts development for years. I digress. I've been doing arts development for years. The reason I, I, I kind of molded this thing into a clinic was really watching what they did at the Lakers with, with, with Pat Riley, not Pat Riley, with, with, what um, um, old, old boy did with, 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 with Shaquille O'Neal at the Lakers, right? What Phil Jackson did with, mm-hmm. with, with Shaquille when they was at the Lakers because Shaq was already dope and he was always dope. Yeah. But then this whole thing developed out of the NBA called a hacker shack, right? Oh, yeah, and the whole yeah, hacker yeah. shack was, you know, let's hack Shaq because he's going to go to the line and he's not going to make his foul shot. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen is that if we hack Shaq and he goes to the line, you know how it is in the NBA. Oh, the, yeah. the last three minutes, you know, they might end up getting nine, ten points 
just hack and slack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if they only six points down, they might end up winning the game. Yeah. So the point, and it's not like Shaquille's not gonna have a ball because he's the go-to guy. Exactly. So, 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 so what Phil Jackson figured out is I'm gonna send him to a clinic, and I'm gonna send him to a clinic. Now, did it make him a hundred percent? Um, 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 field goal. Um, um, you know, um, free throw, throw guy. Yeah. No, it didn't. But, 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 what it did is it now it it it, it, it even that thing out. Sometimes he's going down there making both, but mm-hmm. he was at least making one every time. And then now, and then that whole concept of the hack shack goes out of the corner because like now, now they got to try, try to figure something else out. And it was these clinics, right? And and and, and the NBA does that a lot. The NFL does it as well baseball clinics as well but it's it's a, it's a sports metaphor of when you want to work on one thing and get it right gotcha and so I, and, and so that was the reason that I, I you know that i came up and what i you know I, it's just it's just a lot of stuff to consider if you're a brand new artist and you're walking into the business right now there's a lot to consider because a lot of people talking Mm-hmm. But it doesn't necessarily mean that any of them is saying anything that's worth it. Man, say that again. Right? And so usually you don't have a whole bunch of answers. You got one guy telling you to get your YouTube views up. You got another guy telling you, oh, you should you should put everything out on SoundCloud. You got another guy telling you, hey, man, you know, Reverb Nation is the way to go, you know. And I can go on and on, TuneCore, this, that. I can go on and on about what people tell you to do. But then I can also tell you about artists that I've met that is all get out, million YouTube views, either combined or, or, or maybe even on one thing, and nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. And they wonder why, because they're figuring, man, if I got these views, then it's got to be... And then, you know, monetization becomes an issue too, right? Because nobody is pointing any of these kids in a direction for which they can make money. So, you know, their whole mind is on some really huge hoopla in order for them to even get paid. Like, they, they don't really realize it. So what I do is I kind of strip it all down. I strip it all down from the from the beginning of what, you know, what, what, what being an artist is really about, you know, what garnering a fan base is really about. What are you going to do with your fans if you've got 10 people or 100 people? How do you stay connected to them? And then what is it that you have to produce constantly to not only keep those people on board, but to gain new people as you go on. You know what I'm saying? In this society, right? Like, so I take everything I already know, but then, you know, because I play in that technology area, you know, what do you do with that? Because we can't look at it like, you know, Facebook's not there. We can't look at it like Twitter's not there. We can't look at it like Instagram's not there. We can't go back to 1970 or 1980 and pretend that those things don't exist. You know, those principles still exist, but we can't, we can't do that. So, you know, they try to do that. So, I, and, you know, and then there's some then there's some other fallacies that I believe. Like, I tell artists all the time, you know, they've been told lies for the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. And for the last 20 years, people have been looking at artists telling them, you don't need a record label. Now, my point is, the, the way that they're saying that and the reason they're saying that is a bold-faced lie. Because when I when you say record label to me, I don't think of distribution. When I, when I think of record label, I think of the team that ha- helped put the chronic out. Yeah, the team that helped make those Biggie records, the team that helped make my album or Public Enemies. Is na- it takes a nation of millions to hold us back, or or, or 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 the team that Wayne had around him when he was doing all them fireman 
um, of mixtapes with drama. Mm-hmm. Okay, those were labels. Those were labels. And, and and like I tell people, we never put marketing and promotion in the same sentence. It was, it was I like too different. And promotion, I run away. <laughs> I run away. So you know what I'm saying? Too, because it was a promotion two guy is one thing. A marketer, yeah, a marketer is something totally different. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, it, it, and so it's all of these things that are very confusing, you know, in, in addition to um, one of the biggest pieces of the clinic that I didn't know was going to be a big piece of the clinic, but became a big piece of the clinic. It's just kind of, I'm not a lawyer, but kind of helping them line their legal things up because some of these kids don't even know about writers affiliates like ASCAP, BMI, mm. PSAC. And yeah. all of these other things that they need to do, you know what I'm saying, in, in order to, like, either trademark something or copyright something or writer's agreements or sample clearances, like, all of these things, they don't know anything about that in the beginning. So they can, you know, just so they can make wise decisions. You know, it's my job to get in there and help them to make the wise decision, you know, primarily starting off with, you know, what kind of artist you are, you know, how are you going to handle this situation, you know, um, you know, performance is a really, really big part of it. A lot of it, you know, I'm I'm spending time with them in the rehearsal studio, kind of figuring out what that is, helping them put together a show because most of them don't have a show, and so a lot of them don't understand why they don't get repeat business. But it's because people didn't they they came, but they didn't really want to see you. You know, I just came from A3C, and I I watched a few people perform, some of the younger people, and although I appreciated what they were doing, I could totally see where they needed help. Because some of them were just going up on stage and having parties of their own. And, you know, they rapping and their friends are up there rapping, but they don't realize that the audience is talking. You know, yeah. nobody's <laughs> really paying attention, but they are, they're having their own fun. You know what I mean? And that's not what it's about. I mean, it, it really is you about move the crowd. affecting your audience. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's about that. So, you know, just, just teaching them that. Um, because, again, you know, like you said, you know, it's it's lost art. Um and what ends up happening is the reason we get this revolving door is because nobody is, 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 is literally taught to do anything. They just kind of learn it on their own. And nobody great learned it on their own. Michael yeah. didn't learn it on their own. Well, Michael, Michael Jackson used to sleep on Frank Sinatra's floor some nights. Mm. The whole smooth criminal video is Frank Sinatra. You know, people talk about some other influences that Mike had, like James Brown was an influence, and of course Stevie Wonder was an influence and stuff. People don't realize that it was a bunch of influence. Sinatra was a big influence on Mike. Yeah, you, you know. know what I'm saying. And 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 so and so what happens is nobody who you know that's great didn't have some influences and some help. Absolutely. Now, you know, going back to your album, man, it's one thing I noticed, like, you know, everybody uh, but KRS, you know, it was interesting the way that you delivered um, this project. I noticed how you had it on your website and, and you mentioned technology earlier in our conversation. And I was just wondering, like, you know, how important is that technology uh, component of your business model? Um, I mean, it, 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 it's it's very important, but only because is here. Technology is a part of it because it's already there. So for for you not to use it and know that this is all people do is, you know, sit on their phones all day and, you know, Instagram and all of these particular things, and you're just kind of shooting yourself in the foot by doing it. Um, I will say that, you know, because I, I've been in the technology business, I do have some hopes 
for some more forward moving technology, um, in, in just in terms of some things. But you know, it all has to be cultivated. You can't slap an app or, or a new phone or whatever on people just out of the blue. Mm-hmm. You know, if you gotta kind of deal with what what their behavior is. You know, social networks even move that way. Um, you know, Twitter was a little luckier, but you know, Facebook basically had the in terms of in terms of garnering audience, Facebook had to basically watch what MySpace was doing in order to do it. And that's not doesn't mean Facebook didn't exist before that because they did in the colleges. But they're looking at MySpace and MySpace is affecting everybody. Yeah. And then they just sitting in here on campuses. They're like, Okay, so what do we do? But they had to watch what MySpace was doing and they couldn't move super far from it. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, if you notice when you had a MySpace page, you had a profile. Mm-hmm. You got a Facebook page, you got a profile. Profile. And yeah. even when Twitter came, Twitter made you do you know what I'm saying? You can't do something else. You know, you you you've got to work it out. Now, you know, of course, you know, you go to Twitter on the web, which most of us is accessing most of the stuff on our on our uh, mobile device. Yeah, but yeah. if you go to Twitter on the web, you know what I'm saying? You see that that profile does look different than your Google Plus profile or your LinkedIn profile mm-hmm. or whatever. But still, you know, you 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 have to move according to the way, um, you know, just in terms of just usage, you know, and you know, then if you want to pop a feature or two on somebody that is not available in that technology that's doable yeah. but you just you know you can't do a whole you can't do a whole whole, whole overall because if it's not cultivated it just won't work gotcha now you know i've read an article man uh i think it was from like 2010 2011 uh saying like the five things that <clears throat> um your business can learn from a rapper and w- which was interesting right right the yeah yeah th- yeah exactly exactly and but you know the one thing that that i saw in the article that really um, caught my attention the most was it wasn't even one of the five I think it was just like an uh, added bonus was just like hey make sure you have a lawyer to go over anything like make sure right. that that's not a do yourself <laughs> right. you know model and, and and that caught my attention because you have it we're in the time right now where the technology has truly allowed us to do a lot of stuff on our own and some people take that stuff right. for granted and say like oh I can just look up online and, and get a contract in and you know uh fill it out and right. send it over and it's like yeah you could but some of that jargon in there and that legalese like you don't understand what that means and you don't even know what you're sending somebody else to sign you know and <laughs> you're right. you know right. so I, I just love that part i don't know if you want to go into that but that's just something that personally caught well, my yeah, attention you know i liken it you know i'm liking it to this right um it doesn't happen well you know what sometimes it happens even nowadays with these young kids um, but you know, they, their stuff sounds a lot better because digital. You know, the, you know everything's digital now, so mm-hmm. you do have some decent sound of stuff. Like you know, I mean, Soldier Boy made a killing, and you know, his, you know, the record didn't sound bad. You know, what I'm saying the Superman record didn't sound bad. Um, but you know, back in the day, you know, I could definitely say back in the day, you know, Cat used to make um, music on four track mm-hmm. cassettes. Yeah, you know, it was four track cassettes. It was an eight track set. But you know, they had these little homemade kind of setups, right? And they make music, it might be hot, you know, it might be some little hot thing, you know? And then they take it into the big studio and put it on, you know, on the mixer and the big speakers and they hear all this, yeah, you know, all of this hit. And they said, man, what is that? I said, that's his. So, man, I don't hear that hiss at home. It wasn't there at home. He said, no, it was there at home. You just couldn't hear it at home. Mm-hmm. And so I, I liken the legal thing to that. You know, if you're doing, you know, little little business, 
I mean, it's always important to have legal representation because you don't know what anything's going to be or where everything's going to turn out. However, if you're doing small business, you know, you might be able to get away with no lawyer. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You might really, really be able to get away with no lawyer. But man, oh man, you know, as soon as you get in that, in that same likeness of putting stuff in the big studio, man, you know, as soon as you, soon as you bring that thing out, or you got to do something huge, mm-hmm. that turns it into something totally different. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it turns it into something totally different. So, um, you know, so the advice is this, man. You should always, you know, kind of figure out how you're going to be covered legally because you don't know what's going to happen. You can write a little song today and your friend might know somebody that knows somebody and the next thing you know, you're an empire. Yeah. That song ends up making it on empire. And if you you don't know what's going on, you're going to be in a different place. Absolutely. You know, you assigned an agreement yep. and said that you're just doing the work for hire. <laughs> and you just got this little $500 that you're happy to get. And, you know, that that's it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and you hear that exactly. song every episode. So, yeah, I, I definitely understand. Exactly. Man. I definitely understand. Yep. With this project now, um, I didn't know if this was a private link that I received or not, but is the project out and, and people can pick it up now? Off, off? Yeah, it's on okay. iTunes. It's on iTunes. And um, I like... I like to refer people to RC, um, rcsmusic.com. Mm-hmm. Um, it can't, it, it, you know, Chuck D from Public Enemy has a little situation. Um, not that little, but he's got, he's got this kind of um, arm called Spit Digital, which is, you know, it's, it's part of that Rap Station family. But Spit Digital is is the record arm of the rap of the Rap Station family. Gotcha. So what Chuck is man, it's kind of like the 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 foot and our behind. So he didn't only push Daddy O, he pushed Scarface. The new Scarface record is out through that. Mm-hmm. Um, Mikey D, who's a renowned MC from New York, who actually tore LL. Or, you know, there's a Mikey D record out. Um, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, Chuck has just been pushing us, man. You know, like I'm, I was basically sitting on the project. I can't lie. Okay. You know what I mean? And he heard it and it was like, yo, what are you doing, man? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, well, you know, man, I, I might be ready next year. You know what I'm saying? I might be ready next year to do something. Like that, yo, man, we don't do that, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, put this record out. So, yes, it's, it's Spotify, it's iTunes, but also rcsmusic.com is, you know, the direct download link um, to the to basically the, the, the situation. So, you know, it's, it's my own label. You know, it's, a, it's an old dad truth. So, you know, like me and my man, you know, me with a partnership between me and my man Lion. And, um, you know, and we, you know, and, you know, I am looking for, you know, I'm looking for stuff, but I'm looking, I'm looking a lot more. I can't lie. I'm looking a lot more for, for finished records. Gotcha. Um, or like full projects. I can't say finished records. I don't want to say that, but I'm looking a lot more for full projects. You know, I'll listen to everything. You know what I'm saying? I'll listen to everything, but I'm looking for a lot more full projects. Um, but, you know, just because I'm starting to realize, and some Chuck said to me, man, he said, Daniel. It's about the body of work. Mm. And I'm starting to realize that. Like I said, you know, I wrote this dope record yesterday. Now I'm in the middle of writing these three albums, trying to figure out how I'm doing this. So I'm saying, you know what I'm going to do? I'm a, um, 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 I'm actually getting ready to start trying something new. Um, not new, but something. It's really something. Oh, I read an article this week. No, last week. I read an article, and I don't remember the way the headline wrote, but it was something about... um. 
Nas's Illmatic messing up hip hop, mm. or Nas's Illmatic, you know, and I, you know, so it was compelling um, title, right? Title. So yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. I read it right. And what the person said was, um, Illmatic was the first, one of the first, or the first kind of mega record that had a group of super producers on it. Oh, okay. I got you. That prior to Illmatic, and then I, I get it, right? Because prior to Illmatic, like, Howie T was making a whole full record, right? Bomb Squad was making a whole full record. Yeah, it you know, was even one with producer, Set the Sonic, yeah. all of that was internal. You know, you know, it was a group. It was either one group of producers or one producer. You know what I'm saying? Molly Ma was making all the Shantae's records, yeah. all the Biz records, all the Kane's records, right? But but when 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 what you call came about, when Elmatic came about, then you know what I'm saying it's just like it was all of these super producers, and it wasn't by you know the, the guy in the article was even saying it wasn't by design it was because Large Professor, who was Nas' producer and his boy at the time had gotten caught up because I think main source was breaking up. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So he had got caught up. So then here's Pete Rock and all these other guys like, I'll work with this guy because he's dope. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? But I noticed that, you know, Nas, because he's so dope, could get away with Illmatic and it could feel themed out. But then a little later on, you do see how that kind of made things a little mushy yeah. because some people's records really don't sound coherent. Yeah, and that, that doesn't sense. in particular make mean that you make a concept album, but some coherency. So when I cut this record yesterday, the first thing that came to my mind is, oh, man, I need to just let Sadiq do this whole record. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Just because I love the way that it feels, and I could I could keep trying to mix and match, but it would be dope if, if, if it just came from that. And so even with some of the other stuff that I'm doing, like some of the other albums, like I'm writing this, um, I'm writing this other record, and um, um, my nephew already gave me like three tracks, and I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna let him do the whole. <laughs> there you, you go. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so that's where that's that's where I'm at right now. Like, just trying to you know, try, because I I realize that sometimes the prior, you know, we, I'm saying album, but I'm you know I'm showing my age. But they just projects, you know what I'm saying? But sometimes you want to do that because I feel like years ago, man, I had this idea. I still got the idea, but. Years ago, I used to think, you know, because I helped Big and I developed Junior Mafia for them, and Big used to live around the corner from me. But when, when Puffin Big let me hear his album in a demo stage, this is before he wrote Juicy and a few other records. This is all the hardcore stuff, you know, mm -hmm. um, Jimmy the Loot and all of that stuff. I thought Gangster Rap was going to be over after this kid. Because I was like, this kid is too good, and nobody's going to ever want to come behind what he's saying. Because I have the talent. Talent, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So even if the people got the words, they're not gonna have, I was wrong. But you know what I'm saying? But my point was, I thought that from Biggie, that things would get a little bit more theatrical. Mm. Because I felt like the street, um, you know, it's never really been expressed. You know, you, 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 you see one angle, one corner of the street, but you never really hear and understand the expression of it. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? And I said, what else could do that beyond theatrics? You know what I'm saying? You know, maybe sometimes it's movies, maybe whatever. I, I, at this particular point, I'm just talking about musical theatrics. You know what I'm saying? But, but you know, just, just in that kind of theatrical mode. And I think that it's difficult. I, I, you know, it, it may not be impossible. 
So, you know, so I guess to each his own, but I think that it's difficult to maintain that certain type of theatrics um, without having some kind of consistency, man. Yeah. You know, so I want to do this so a couple of other people could hear it and be like, man, I could do, you know, I, I should do that too. Because, I, I, man, I know some guys, man, and I'm talking about young producers. That man, you put them in the studio. You know, like, you know, I'm on the, I'm, I'm, I mean, my whole thing of clowning people, and, you know, you talk about the interview I did, you know, with ATL Hip Hop. My whole thing about clowning people like Rakim and them is, all I'm really saying is step your game up. Yeah. Like, and I started I writing everybody yeah. for KRS. My whole point was, I don't think I'm a radio rapper at all. You know what I'm saying? I, I tell people all the time, I got lucky, man, that some of my records ended up on the radio. Mm-hmm. But I keep telling people, you forget that I'm the guy and talking all that jazz that reaches in his shirt and says, you might even get hurt, my friend. That's always been me, man. Yeah. I've always been a street. That's that's the way I grew up, man. I grew up a stick-up kid. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So so I never thought that I was going to be rapping about something that the radio would want to play. Play, gotcha. So yeah, man, look, I appreciate you okay. um I appreciate you calling in, man, and, and talking with us and really giving us some game, man. You know, how can people connect with you, you know, all the social media, everything they want to pick up the album, what's the best way to, for people to to connect with you? Okay, so so the album is um is a hashtag everybody but KRS, and um, that's available through rtsmusic.com and iTunes and Spotify. Um, the Art Dev Clinic is artdevclinic.com, which is A R T D E V as in Victor Clinic, one word dot com, and there you can um you know you can enter your information, drop your SoundCloud or your YouTube channel or whatever, so I can see what you're doing. You want to be part of our Dev Clinic, you know, that's the correspondence for that. Um, and then, you know, my personal site is profdaddyo.com. It's short for professor, so it's P-R-O-F-Daddyo.com. Um, and, you know, that's mostly video material, but that's, you know, that's, that's kind of more portfolio. And then I'm Professor Daddyo, one word, pretty much across all the Internet. So that's Facebook, gotcha. Instagram, Twitter, all of that. Dope, man. Well, look, bro, I appreciate you calling in once again. Hey, it's Jay Gutter, Straight Out the Den. You can follow me on all things social media at Straight Out the Den. That's S-T-R, the number 8, O-U-T-D-A-D-E-N. Um, make sure if you're listening to this on SoundCloud right now, that's great. I appreciate it. But I would love for you to go and subscribe on iTunes. All you got to do is go to iTunes, subscribe, uh, review, and comment on the podcast. Let us know what you think. Um, we would love to hear the feedback. Um, and like I always say, man, if you're listening to this and you have a dream, Pray on that dream, research that dream, and work until that dream becomes reality. And with that being said, I'm Jay Good at Straight Out the Den. He's Daddy O. We out.